Welcome to Momentum Radio, the podcast where you get to hear moms share their stories of how they are making waves of momentum in the world. I am your host, Brooke Markovicius, founder of Momentum Marketplace, a market of goods and services powered by moms. We are on a mission to get moms paid so they can lead a flexible life. This podcast is for you no matter what season of motherhood you are in, whether you are in the thick of the baby toddler years or struggling with your teenagers. We are here to share stories of motherhood and help all moms gain momentum in their life. Have you struggled with fitting into your jeans postpartum? I know I did. I will never forget standing in the Nordstrom dressing room in tears, trying to find something to wear for our first trip to Disneyland after Lucas. Nothing fit me. And then I saw a pair of jeans that said absolution, and I figured it was worth a try. Go figure. They fit. Like fit all around the back. They were comfy and looked great. I bought two pairs and now have lots of pairs. It's basically all I wear now. I'm so thankful I discovered a brand like Democracy that creates clothes that fit our bodies in all seasons of life, including the early days of motherhood, that embrace our curves and let us feel good so that we can move through it all with more confidence and pep in our step. You can check out Democracy Clothing by going to their website at www.democracyclothing.com, and you can use the code MOMENTUM, capital M-O-M, lowercase E-N-T-U-M, for 25% off through April 30th. This is an exclusive offer for our listeners at Momentum Radio. You also can check out one of our old podcast episodes from last season with Karen, who is the founder of Democracy and also a mom. Go and support a wonderful mom-owned business and brand. Welcome back to Momentum Radio. Today, I get the pleasure of talking to Sue Groner, who is the parenting mentor. You can find her at theparentingmentor.com. And she talks to us on the podcast today about all things parenting, struggles that we all go through with parenting. And she helps give some tips and tricks for how we can be better parents. Basically, the parenting mentor is the ultimate ally to parents on their journey to raise confident and resilient children, whether they are toddlers or teens, and her sessions help parents reduce everyday parental stress, fear, and anxiety, creating happier and more relaxed families, which let's be real, that's what we really want. They, um, at the Parenting Mentor, she believes the road to raising independent, self-reliant adults starts with adopting a clear set of parenting strategies today, grounded in our highly effective approach to parenting known as the CLEAR method, communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect. And we dive deeper into that in the podcast. She also is the author of a book, which you all need to go and buy, and we'll link in the show notes. She is the um, author of Parenting, 101 Ways to Rock Your World, and you can find that on Amazon. She's also the Mom's Choice Award Gold Recipient, and you can see all kinds of other things that people have said about her on her website um, at theparentingmentor.com. I can't wait to dive into this episode because I really think this is a topic that as all of us are moms, we oftentimes struggle with. I know that adding in a second child to our family 
um, added in its own struggles. And now as those two grow up, there's all kinds of different sibling rivalry and different things that come up. So Sue gives some really tangible tips about how we can do better in parenting and be more aware in many ways. So let's dive into this episode. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sue, for being here. I am really excited to have you on. You are actually, and I can't believe this after having two seasons, you're our first like official like parenting expert. So I'm really excited to have you because we always get questions about parenting and we obviously are all moms that are listening to this podcast, right. but we all struggle with parenting. So this is a huge area. So this season, we've really tried to bring in some experts on specific issues that our listeners are facing. And it doesn't matter if you are a stay-at-home mom, a work-from-home mom, or a working mom, we're all dealing um, with issues that surround parenting and we can all get better at it. So I think it's one area no one says they're perfect at. <laughs> so I'm really excited to dive in and chat with you about um, your experiences um, in helping others with parenting. But first, yes, well, thank you. And um, first, I really like, and then we'll dive more into who you are and what you're about. But um, one way to kind of break the ice and let our listeners know that we're all just moms here, (laughs) that we've all done, you know, (laughs) dealt with all kinds of crazy things. But I'd love for you to tell me about your craziest motherhood moment. Oh, my gosh. You know, I thought about this a lot. (laughs) And I guess I because my kids are now 20 and almost 23, it's hard for me to really remember those moments. But I will say, and I don't know if it's crazy, it was definitely not a positive motherhood moment anyway. And they kind of, they started to build up is I was really anxious about my kids and that I felt like they weren't you know, working hard enough, especially with my son. Like my daughter was this terrible procrastinator. My son didn't really seem to care so much about his work. And it was really, really hard for me. I would wake up in the middle of the night thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? They're never going to make it in the world if they don't start working hard now. And, you know, I realized how incredibly wrong I was. And, you know, Part of that was part of the reason for me wanting to start this business, to help other parents not go through that stress and anxiety. Yeah, for sure. I think that we all, I mean, I, same thing. We recently, like, I have a lot younger kids, but my daughter's getting ready to go to kindergarten and my son's still in preschool, but just even the anxiety that kind of like starts to come when your kids are starting to go to like real school, quote unquote, and just, you know, Mm -hmm. that idea (laughs) of what is, what's coming and will they do good in school? Like, will they need a tutor? Will that, you know, like all of these questions, um, will like we have enough resources at home to teach them or will we need to like, you know, get help with that. And I'm sure that all parents deal with this in so many different stages of our children's lives. So I can definitely see that being an issue for yeah. for everybody um, as their children are growing up. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so why don't you You're share welcome. a little bit? <laughs> yeah, we, we all, gosh, so many things keep us up at night, I'm sure. 
Um, why don't you share a little bit about your story and kind of what led you to becoming a parenting mentor? Well, these stresses I just talked about were definitely part of it. Um, and when I, I realized at one point, I think my kids were probably in middle school, a little after maybe. And I looked at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why was I so freaked out about all this stuff? Why was I so worried? Look at how they're, beco- they're becoming like much more capable, independent kids. And I, I realized that all that stress and anxiety that I had was so unfounded. And I felt like, you know, parenting, and which it was for a long time and is now, again, a wonderful thing for me. I love being a mother. That that's how it should always be. I mean, you're always going to end up with some little stress here and there. But overall, it should be a much more positive experience. And I think it is for a lot of people. Um, And so that was, that was a reason I really wanted to start this and share kind of my wisdom, I guess. The other part was that I was, before it became a business, I was working with a lot of people who would just ask me questions you know, this is going on, what should I do? Or I would meet people and say, oh, you know, how are your kids? And then they would open up and I would say, well, you know, why don't you try this? Or have you thought about it this way? Or maybe say this particular thing in this tone of voice and see what happens. And and I always said, just said, I want to know, like, give me feedback. And everyone was saying, your advice is great. It made a difference. It really helps. And then people started to say, you know, you should you should really turn this into a business. You're really good at it. And the timing was right. And so I did. That's awesome. I think that the best businesses and come out of just that need that people have, but also that you are already doing it before it even starts, like before the business actually starts. And just realizing that people are already seeing you as a mentor and as an expert because they're coming to you for advice and asking questions and really respecting what you're putting out there into the world. And I think that really helps. And plus, you obviously are passionate about it because that's shining through and people are wanting to hear from you. Um, So I think that always makes it better. I I will add that to the moms that are listening who haven't quite found their passion yet, or have maybe taken a pause from working because they want to spend more time with their kids, all of that. It's fine. I mean, I did not start this until I think my son was like 15 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, and my daughter was, you know, about to start college. So there's time. Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. There's time. And if you like what you're doing now, who knows, maybe later you'll want to change to something else. I've done so many different things, you know, starting out in advertising and marketing when I got out of college and with lots of different things in between. And I never would have even known that this could have been a business, you know, more nor did I have the experience to do it. Yeah. No, that's that's such good advice because I think that we 
find different things in our lives at different times. And we, society so much tells us like, okay, you go to college, you, you know, you have a career and you stick with it. And that's really changing. And that mindset is really changing in society now um, that you don't just go to the same job for 50 years or whatever. Um, And now you can do many things. And so I think it's a really great time, especially as we've taken a pause with our children um, for any period of time to really kind of dig into what, you know, you really want to do, what you're really passionate about and know that you can start whenever, <laughs> whenever your kid, you know, if your kid is yeah, five and if or you your kid is 15. And if you don't know what that is yet, that's okay. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes just be, you don't need to have a business. I, I tell that to a lot of our moms because many of our moms that are coming onto Momentum don't necessarily want to do freelancing forever or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't have to build a whole business around it. Like just come and, you know, make some money that you want to right now. Um, If you need that financially to, you know, have extra money for trips for your family or extra money for yourself or whatever it is. Um, But you also might discover something in the midst of it that really you are passionate about and you want to take you know, forward, but don't worry about, you know, it having to be something, you know, right. you having to have your, your, um, fully full understanding that I would have, you know, stopped at a lot of different ideas if I had to have it all together right when I started. Me too. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's crazy. Well, it also makes life a lot more interesting when yes. you look at it that way. <laughs> yes, that's so true. That's so true. I feel like it would be pretty boring to like if there wasn't a change um, coming every so often in your life. And parenthood definitely brings about right. lots of those changes. And you see how you handle stressors and handle different things in your life. So let's go kind of into talking more about parenting. Um And I know that you talk about a method um, of parenting called the CLEAR method, C-L-E-A-R-R. So I'd love to know a little bit more about what this method is and how you put it to use. Okay. Well, yeah, being a fan of acronyms, I had to come up with an acronym for my method. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The CLEAR stands for communication, love, empathy, awareness rules, and respect, and not necessarily in that order. Um, But whenever someone comes to me with a particular issue, we kind of hit on all those different aspects. Um, I can give you an example, which might make it a little clearer. For instance, people, parents come to me and we'll talk about, you know, the devices, the digital devices, whether it's an iPad or a phone or whatever, and so frustrated by these things. They just want to like take them and throw them out the window, (laughs) right? I'm sure every parent can relate to that. And I certainly was one of them for a period of time as well. Um, But if you think about it, you know, think about yourself and when you were a kid, right? And this is the A, this is the awareness piece. Like, wow. I mean, for kids to be able to be on their phones and be connected with all their friends at the same time, like whether it's a group chat or sharing pictures or all these things that they're doing, they they really get to be so involved with each other all the time. And when you're 
a young person like that, if whether you're a preteen or a teen or even elementary school, like you want to be around your friends. Like that's what gives you joy and comfort, you know, and that's yeah. a good thing. And so if we go to our kids and we say, hey, you know, I get it. You're so lucky that you have this. You know, when I was a kid, I had a landline, you know. <laughs> Right. And, you know, and then they came up with call waiting and that was amazing, you know, and then we had answering machines and, you know, you can like really work that one up. But yes. um, so I'm already going to my child and rather than having the anger piece, I'm saying, I get it. You know, I get why this is great. And it's also good. And I love my phone too, you know, so useful to me. I'm much more effective and, and efficient when yeah. I use it. I get things done more quickly. I don't get, you know, involved in long conversations I don't need to have and gives me more time to do the things I love mm-hmm. and be with you, etc. But there's also a time when it's good to just put them away and take a break, you know, and especially yeah. when we're all together, it's so nice to have that FaceTime where we're just engaged in talking, you know, and not exclusively one or the other, but there, there are times, you know, and let's come up with good times for our family to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm also engaging my kids instead of focusing them, like, here's the rules piece too. Like, you have to have rules. Mm-hmm. I'll never tell a family what their rules should be, but I will say if you don't have rules, you're going down that sort of dark path, you yeah. know, because then you can, when you get frustrated, you really don't have anything to fall back on, you mm-hmm. know, but if you have hard, fast rules and if you can engage your kids in helping to formulate those rules, they have a lot more skin in the game and they're going to feel a lot more respected, mm-hmm. which is that other R. Yeah. Like instead of just being told, this is the way it is, you live here too bad, you know? Um, so you work on the rules. You say, these are our rules. And if your kid is younger, then, you know, these are our rules and you get this much time and that's it. You know, if they're not comfortable with, if you're not comfortable with that, mm-hmm. if it's too hard for you to stop, then maybe it's better for you not to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Because, and then you're saying, you're not saying like, if you can't do it, then forget it. You're not letting you deal with this at all. Mm-hmm. You're you're saying, I understand that maybe this is hard. You know, sometimes it is, and it is hard to stop doing something that you like doing. Right? And that's right. the empathy also. Like, I get it. Yeah. You know, and the, the communication piece is how you say it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the words, but it's the tone of voice. It's mm-hmm. really important, you know, and I could say, you know what, if you can't deal with this, then forget it. Yeah. Right. That doesn't sound good at all. Mm-hmm. But if I say, I know it's hard. Do you want to give it a try and see, or may, you know, mm-hmm. and if it's too hard for you right now, then maybe it's a good idea not to do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, think how differently that comes across to a child. Like one mm-hmm. is I'm in charge of you. <laughs> the other one is I'm on your side. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That is so, so, 
so much of a different, yeah, different mindset is just being letting right. that kid and know the, you're right there with them. Yeah. The L part, the love, whatever you do and whatever you say, remind yourself as a parent to come at this from a place of love and not anger. And yeah, the anger is sort of the trigger, you know, is how we kind of feel like I tell you what to do and you're supposed to listen and you didn't and now I'm mad. But, you know, these are human beings, right? And we they don't want to be told constantly what to be doing and all the time. They want to have that respect and have that love. Yeah, for sure. They definitely do. Yeah, I know that my daughter, especially she's very, very stubborn in some ways, but also just very, if you try to tell her too much and be very in her face about things, she's just going to shut down and not listen to you. Um, But when you're like on her side in many ways and just kind of get to her level and really show that love with her, she responds completely differently. Um, And we've seen that in so many ways for her. You know, what's a great thing to try to, and this is for all ages, but it really start when they're young is instead of saying, if you do this, then that, right. If Mm -hmm. we change the word if to when Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're putting so much more control back on our child, which is what they want. Yeah. You know, as soon as they realize they have some control in their life, Mm -hmm. they want it more and more and more. Right? I see that. Like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to say no. I'm going to run around the house and not put my shoes on. And, (laughs) you know, whatever, whatever that thing is. First of all, we need to like not get emotionally involved in that because then it feeds into our kids, not only like being able to say no, but also say, oh my gosh, look how I can rile up my mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at how me saying no, look what it does. Wow, this is kind of (laughs) cool. And maybe they're not going through that thought process, but it's there. Yes. They're definitely thinking that and they can see. And, you know, even the more we say like, oh, sweetie, you know, I don't like it when you're sad or it doesn't make me feel good when you do that. It's like too bad. It's Mm -hmm. not about us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it always has to be when you get upset, sweetie, I can see it doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the when you do this, then this will happen. It's like, okay, it's up to you. If you, when you choose to do it, then this will happen. And that can be with rules too. Like when you're comfortable following this rule, then you can have this privilege back or this toy back or whatever the thing it is, Mm -hmm. right? That's very true. But again, it's not with, we're not getting emotionally involved. Yeah. We're not getting crazy and angry and frustrated and, you know, my goal as the parenting mentor is to help parents be happier, more relaxed. Mm-hmm. It always helps the kids and the family, but it always circles back to as a parent, you will feel better. Yeah. You won't have all the stresses that you have right now. Yep, for sure, for sure. And I think that a lot of the approach in society and with parenting and all kinds of things is how do we we don't look at like parenting the parent in many ways. Like we really look right. at just the child and really the parents need, you know, we, we need the mentors, we need the support because um, we need help like 
implementing it and actually following through and realizing the impact it has on our kids. And I think that that, at least for me, every time I see how it's actually impacting my child, that's when I really want to make the change and make the effort to figure out ways that I can be a better parent because I want my kid to, you know, be her best or be his best when, um, like throughout every day. Uh, and I want to be able to support that, but I know that I can't, if I'm not being a good parent and like working on better skills, uh, to be a better parent. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Hey mama, Lauren Golden here, founder of the free mama and the free mama movement.com. And I want to invite you to join me for a free training on how to get started in freelancing so that you can work from home. I believe that you should never have to choose between family and finances, which is why I've spent the past few years working with moms just like you to give you the tools and training you need to stay home with your kids and earn a real living. As a freelancer, you can work on your terms and I'll show you how. Join me at thefreemamamovement.com for this free on-demand training. Well, let's talk a little bit about sibling rivalry because I have a boy and a girl. They're five and two, but it already has started at our house in some ways. Um, So how do you handle this conflict? I know you have, you know, more than one child. How did you handle it or how do you suggest handling it um, when you're talking with other parents? I'm pretty clear on this one. And I didn't have the greatest relationship with my sister growing up. And so I was really adamant that I was going to do whatever I could to help my kids be good to one another, you know? And I I personally believe that you can teach your kids to be kind to each other, to respect each other, to understand what it means to have a sibling, but you can't always make them like each other, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I got very lucky. My kids adore each other, always have, and hopefully always will. Um, And they're very supportive of one another. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, sibling rivalry comes about because each child is trying to see who's going to get more love, right? Who does my parent love? more, me or Mm -hmm. my sibling, right? So we need to avoid that. We need to avoid setting up those patterns, which are really easy to do. You know, one kid annoys another kid, annoys the other kid, Mm -hmm. you know, the annoyed child then does something to hurt the other child. (laughs) The, The hurt child comes running to the parent. He hit me or she pulled my hair or whatever it is. And then we're like, oh, you poor thing. And then we go and get angry at the kid, the other kid, mm-hmm. right? The kids start to see. Now, the, the instigator <laughs> knows yeah. what they can do to rile up the other child, Yeah, right? And they know something's going to come, right? Mm-hmm. And they know they're going to get hurt, and then they're going to get mommy's love. And the other kid's going to get in trouble. Yep. And then the kid who's getting in trouble all the time is thinking, this really isn't fair, but see, my mother actually loves the other child better mm-hmm. because it's always protecting him or her and mm-hmm. not ever listening to me. Yeah. So the f- big key <laughs> is to 
remove yourself as much as possible. If your kid comes to you and says, he hit me, the best response to that is, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Like, seriously. And, you know, I know that may sound crazy to a lot of people. Like, if my son hits my daughter, like, I don't want to just say, okay. But chances are that that kid wasn't hit for no reason. (laughs) Right. right, Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, there's just really very little chance of that. Mm -hmm. And so the less each child is getting response from you, mm-hmm. the less positive experience it's going to be, you know, yeah, yep. less anything's going to happen because they're not getting you involved. And now it's like, okay, well now what, you know, mm-hmm. the, the and you can sit and talk to the little one and say, you know, you know, the things that really bother <laughs> your sister, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, Every time you do it, what happens? Yeah, she gets angry. She hits you, or she mm-hmm. does whatever. I mean, you know. Listen, if there's something really like, if there's real danger involved, yeah, yeah, you got to get involved, right, right. But you know, a lot of the time, you can come in and help your kids learn. You know, and I'm calling it, you know, conflict resolution <laughs> because that's and that's a big word for little kids, and you don't need to use that. But the idea is. You know, sometimes you just need to say, hey, you two, you know what? I don't want to hear your squabbling. So go in this room, close the door and figure it out. Yeah. I'm no longer, I'm no longer involved, but I don't have to hear it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. If my kids are in the back of the car and they're arguing, it's really annoying. Yeah. (laughs) So you know what? I suggest pull over. And say, I'm getting out of the car. You have three minutes to work this out or we're mm-hmm. turning around, mm-hmm. you know? And yep. chances are they do, you mm-hmm. know? Like, and this is teaching them a really important skill and you're not part of it. Mm-hmm. Because we're never going to really fully understand what's going on in these kids' heads anyway. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to take sides, you know? But yeah. by saying, figure it out, just figure it out. Yeah. I mean, other things are like, you know, if you get your kids to, if they do chores or they have their things to do and they can do them together, the more involved that you can have them being enjoying things together, that's also really good mm-hmm. um, just to help them. But I really believe that, you know, you asked me how I handle the conflict. I don't. I get out of the way mm-hmm. and let them figure it out. Yeah. And if you can start this now, chances are like it's going to just go away because you're never, they're never going to get what they wanted out of it. Yeah, for sure. I know that my kids, if I am in, especially if I'm in the room and one tries to egg on the other to get more attention from me, I just am like, okay, I'm going to leave the room now and <laughs> just walk out because that usually solves the problem. And they're like, okay, yeah. well, mommy's gone now. Um, but yeah, it definitely, I know that I noticed that even more so for my kids and usually it gets worse. I feel, especially for my daughter, she really likes one-on-one attention. Um, and so I find that for her, if we haven't had 
a good amount of one-on-one with her, either between mm-hmm. me or my husband in that week span of time, she'll act out more. Um, and so I have to make sure like, are we actually doing some one-on-one time? And she knows when it, or she knows when one is scheduled. And then she usually is pretty good and not like trying to grab that attention from one of us. Um, but what yeah, and you know what, that it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a lot of time. Literally no. it can be 10 or 15 <laughs> yeah, minutes exactly. a day. Exactly. I mean, and that finding that 10 or 15 minutes a day is worth the benefits over the stress of the time. You know what I mean? Um, Another thing, like when you're going out and your daughter needs pajamas or your Mm -hmm. son needs pajamas, right? The little one. Yeah. You don't have to buy your daughter pajamas. You know, you can come home and have just bought him something. And if she says, why didn't you get me pajamas? The answer to that is, well, you don't need pajamas. When you need something, I get you what you need. And when your brother needs things, I get him what he needs. Exactly. And that's the end of that conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when you go on vacation and you want to bring home little gifts for your kids, of course, you do it for both of them. But it doesn't, things don't always have to be even. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that when one child does something really great, like, you know, if you're, when your daughter moved into pickle bed or your mm-hmm. son moves into out of the crib, like yeah. that's something for the family to celebrate, yes. you know, and it can go really in one of two ways. You know, the first one to get in the bed could say, get off my bed. It's my bed. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, Hey, this is so exciting, honey. We're going to all celebrate with you later, mm-hmm. you know, and, and because this is a big deal and the whole family does it together. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden it's a positive instead of a negative. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when a kid learns to ride a bike or loses their first tooth or whatever the thing is, like I say, celebrate these milestones. In fact, this is a tip in my book, actually. Celebrate family milestones together. Mm-hmm. Because then it what what ends up happening is that your kids are gonna end up wanting to support each other when good things happen, mm-hmm. as opposed to feeling jealous. Right, right. For sure. It's definitely we I feel like celebrating as a family is so vital. Um and really intentionally having that family time. I feel like my parents did a really good job of that. And I think that's honestly why I have a good relationship with my siblings, even mm-hmm. though my sister's 12 years younger than me. Um, but even when I was in high school, my dad and my mom made a big effort that we all like were there for all of the things. And like my sister's about to graduate from college um, in May. And even though we're all over the place, we'll all be there because that was like kind of ingrained in us that like, you're all going to be there for the celebration. Um, and like, they've already rented a house for us to all be there and stuff. Um, Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah. So I feel like that goes so much into the rest of our, you know, life and everything that we are there to support and like be there for those big moments, um, to celebrate each other. The the last thing um, suggestion I have on the mm-hmm. sibling rivalry thing, and if your children are adopted, you can revise this a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, for my kids, I don't know. I just sort of this just came to me at the moment when my daughter was four, my son was two, and she had a friend over from preschool, mm-hmm. and. They were playing at the table and my son started to do what they were doing, 
And the little girl said to my daughter, Hudson, who's my son, mm-hmm. he's copying us. Hudson's copying us. And my daughter was like, yeah, he's copying us. <laughs> and it's the first time literally in from when he was four years old, from f- zero to four, that I ever heard her say anything like even remotely mean about her brother. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I was like, oh my God, this can't be happening, you know, mm-hmm. because this sibling rivalry thing was such mm-hmm. a big deal for me. And I looked at her with like the evil glance and I said, we don't talk like that in our house. Mm-hmm. You and I'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. And when her friend left, I sat down with her and I said, you know, sweetie, <laughs> I said, you're so lucky to have a brother. And I said, you know, you and Hudson are the only two people in the whole world, in fact, in the whole entire universe that have the same blood. Mm-hmm. And you could decide to say with, that you have the same parents, mm-hmm. you know. And that's like a when you say you're the only person and people in the whole universe, that's like a pretty big deal to a little child. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, and therefore it's really important that you're there to support each other and help each other and have each other's backs, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was sort of, that was the end of that conversation. And I think it really made an impression on her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that, Anytime you can really like encourage that fact that like, man, you guys are like, you're in it, you're here together. Like you are the the two that, um, you know, you'll always have each other. And I always try to like, when they're having a good interaction, like, isn't it so great to have, you know, your brother or your sister, isn't it so great that you have somebody to play with and be there, you know, all the time and getting them to say yes to that in the good moments is helpful. Right. Right. And listen, the fact of the matter is they are going to get on each other's nerves. That's inevitable. You know, my husband gets on my nerves. That's (laughs) And I'm sure I get on his, well, maybe not, but I probably get on his (laughs) nerves too. Um, That's all inevitable. And I think it's okay to tell your kids that too. Like, it's okay if she's getting on your nerves or he's getting on your nerves. I get that, you know? So walk away. Yeah. You know? Or just ignore it. Like, I don't to say, just ignore it. The more mm-hmm. you ignore it, the less it's going to happen. The more you feed into it, the more it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Definitely. I would have those conversations privately, not yeah. to the both of them together. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I didn't want them to see. Yeah, and I feel sides, like it depends you know. on the age difference too, like and how well, you know, each one's going to understand a little bit differently mm-hmm. depending on what age they are and everything. So, well, right. thank I, you. I did for- say... Yeah, I'll just say, I did say to my daughter when my son was younger, I said, you know, he looks up to you. So whatever you're doing now, you know, yep. it, you could expect to get that back, yep. positive or negative. So yep. just keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, <honey. laughs> exactly. No, no, we, we bring that up to my daughter too. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, he just copied what you just did because, and maybe you weren't, you know, setting off the best influence for that. And and then, especially when it impacts her later, and she's like, "Oh, he did this." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Who taught you to do? Who taught him to do that?" <laughs> um, but yes, no. Thank you for sharing that about sibling rivalry. It gave me some things to think about as we're as we're starting to deal with that a little bit more with our two little ones. Um, yeah, so definitely implement those. 
Um, so are there any forbidden phrases in parenting? And if so, what are they? Yeah, well, I mean, I actually have a chapter in my book about that. And, you know, forbidden, sort of a big word here. But I think that there's, they're just phrases that there's no reason to say them, you know, and, and even positive ones that sound positive, don't necessarily like work that way. Like if you say to your kid, if they show you a piece of art they did, right? And you go, wow, that was great. That's great. Right? You would think, wow, why would that be forbidden? And yet, to me, that's a real dismissive statement. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we're always saying, that's great, awesome, whatever. Listen, our kids aren't stupid. They know if something's really good and something's not, you know, and rather than give them that external, approval, adoration. I think what's more important is that we say in that case, oh, wow, you know, tell me about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to hear what motivated you to draw this or, you know, I want to, I want to learn more about it. It doesn't have to be that it was a good piece of art. I'm just interested in something that you did. You know, I want to make a connection with you about something that just that you just did. You know, I might say, wow, the colors you chose are the interesting combination. Why did mm-hmm. you choose those colors? Yeah. Or, you know, look at the way those shapes are combined. Like, really look at it and mm-hmm. engage about it as opposed to just, yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know? yeah. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yep, for sure. It definitely does. And that can be anything. Like when my kids write a paper now and they did well on it I don't say oh that's awesome I'm like send it to me I want to read it yeah 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 and I do and then we talk about it mm-hmm. yeah I think it's that's I care and I'm yeah. interested yeah I definitely got that from both of my parents growing up too and I feel like it was so valuable because even now like my mom is so supportive of me building a company and like, she's a preschool teacher. So she's mm-hmm. like always sharing, she's like, give me your business cards. And she's the one buying on our platform. And it just, it means so much because I know she's so supportive and I know that she has my back. And I think that that like going into anything in your life, especially as you're growing up, like just knowing your parents have your back or your sibling has your, you know, like just knowing that they're there. Um, Mm -hmm. huge difference in like confidence and the way that you show up in the world and the way that you support others, I feel. So I think that is really important. Yeah. Um, two more. Yeah. Sort of in the same category is why didn't you blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and sometimes we say that in a loving way. Yeah. Like, because we want to share our experiences and our knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So your kid comes home, something happened, they tell us about it. And like, well, why didn't you go talk to your teacher? Or why didn't you say this to your friend? Or why mm-hmm. didn't you whatever? But to kids and probably to us too, like mm-hmm. if someone says that to me that I don't want to hear it from, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it sounds a little like judgment. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you should have done this. Mm-hmm. You screwed up because you didn't do that, mm-hmm. right? You should yeah. have handled it this way. Instead, 
we can listen to what our kid is talking about mm-hmm. and respond with, you know, well, what could you do differently next time if that happens? Yeah. Right. That's getting them to start to problem solve also and think about it for themselves. And then you can brainstorm a little bit if you want with them and maybe, and teach them the concept of brainstorming because there's no judgment in brainstorming. Yeah. Right. And so they never have to feel like if they throw out an idea, it's going to be a bad one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, when you start teaching your kids about brainstorming, throw out wacky ideas too. So they get the the hang of it, Mm -hmm. you know, and then let them try it. Trial and error. Trial and error over and over again. But that's a whole nother subject. So why (laughs) didn't you? I don't like that one. And also, what were you thinking? Yep. Right? When you ask a kid who just did something really ridiculous and you say, what were you thinking? Chances are they weren't thinking at all, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They didn't say, oh, if I do this, what could the results be? What could happen? Could something break? Could I kill the cat? You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had a I had a parent who told me that they saw their kid like take a big cushion, put it over the cat, and sit on it. And then they were like, "What were you thinking?" And like, clearly, the child wasn't thinking exactly. much at all. Yeah. Except yeah. maybe this is fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so sure. they're hearing when you say, "What were you thinking?" The child is hearing, "I'm an idiot." Mm-hmm. You know, my parent thinks I'm stupid. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, even it could be, you know, that they left food out and the dog ate it, or they put left crayons in their pants and they went in the laundry or something, Mm -hmm. but like just whatever it is, like just kind of let it go, you know, talk about like what could happen and next time don't do it. But, you know, there's a gentler way of handling the situation, I think, that doesn't make your child feel ashamed. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I I totally agree. And I have had that come out of my mouth that when I've been super stressed or tired and I had to check myself because I knew it, like, as soon as you, it comes out, you're like, nope, that wasn't right. (laughs) So it's definitely things that you learn. And and that's a really good reminder of those kind of phrases that we shouldn't be using, um, but very easily could come out of our mouth. um, Yeah. And there are a lot more on that list, but yes, but we're going to all go get read those after this. (laughs) Yes. So let's, let's kind of, um, we're going to wrap up and I want to point out some things because we could talk about parenting all day with Sue because she's so knowledgeable and she has so much to share, but there are places that you can go and find more information, um, to help you in your parenting journey. So one, if you feel like you need some extra help and support, um, and kind of get some parenting for you as a parent. I want you to go and check out her website because she offers virtual sessions that are like an hour long, or you can get more one-on-one time with Sue to help you in whatever area that you're struggling with. Um, but if you're not quite ready for that, you can go and check out her wonderful book. It's called Parenting 101 Ways to Rock Your World. And you can um, buy that through her website. Um and everything there is listed. So we'll list all of that in the show notes. Um, and you also can follow her um, on Instagram um, and check her out more. So 
anything else you want to share, Sue, because you have just been so helpful to help us through some parenting issues today. Yeah, I'd just like to close by saying that, um, you know, you may think that the thing you did yesterday is going to totally screw up your kid. <laughs> and I will tell you, I'm here to tell you that it won't. Um, as long as your child knows that you love them, mm-hmm. that is the most important thing. Yeah. If you can, you know, the more you can validate how they feel, the more you can send that you know, message that I hear you, I'm connected with you, and I love you. That's really, really the main thing you need to worry about right now. Yeah, that's a good thing to close on, because I think that we all need (laughs) to hear, hear that, that even if we're struggling, and there was a bad day, that we're not going to totally screw up our kid, but we can be mindful and take a moment to really, you know, reflect on the things that we are doing and how we are parenting our kids. So thank you so much, Sue, for being a guest today on Momentum Radio. Um, And we will be linking everything in the show notes so you can check out more of what Sue is doing to create some waves of momentum in the world. Great. Thank you so so much, much, Brooke. I enjoyed talking. Do you have a birthday coming up you need to buy a gift for? Or maybe getting ready for Mother's Day coming up in May? Consider supporting a mom and buying from Mom into Market. Head over to www.momintomarket.live and browse the goods we have listed for moms all over the country. You can get anything from jewelry to cups to shirts and so much more. Go and check us out today at Momentum Market. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Momentum Radio. We'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, head over to our website at www.momentummarket.io and sign up for our marketplace where you can help get moms paid so they can lead a flexible life. Also, you can go to iTunes and leave us a review so we can share this podcast with more moms and make a bigger impact. Thank you. Have a great week, mamas.